Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. Alright, there are 20 days till Christmas. Did you know that economists have estimated that Americans will spend $859 billion on Christmas and travel. That includes those couples who buy each other a car, like the commercials, but uh, that's, that's huge. Now, with a population of 330 million, then that means we'll spend about $2,600 per person. So I need something more than you. <laughs> so no, just think about it. I mean, the Mollets, they would spend about 13000 The Martinez family, about 15500 The Penix and Qualls, more than 18000 you planning to do that, Teresa? I don't think so. <laughs> and the Bradys, man, they would top out at 23500 what, you know, I bet Tuscan is already dreaming of those boots and clothes she's going to get with that $2,000 gift card you're buying her. You know, that'd be cool. But listen, even in Christian homes, if we are not intentional, our kids will think Christmas is all about family and giving. I got a cute picture of a little girl with a present, but that's not what Christmas is all about. As followers of Jesus Christ, we want to make sure that our focus is on Jesus Christ. That's why it's Christmas. It's Christmas because Jesus came and his great gift to all of us. So most people do not understand that Christmas is honestly and truly only about Jesus. That's why we have Christmas. But most people don't get that. Some tell other stories that aren't true and pretend they are. And, uh, but, but we know. So without giving or receiving a single gift, without a tree, without tinsel and without lights, without garland, without music, you can celebrate Christmas just because of Jesus Christ. Now, when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, uh, not by celebrating Christmas with our culture, but the way we celebrate Christ is by following him every day of the year. 365 days a year, except on leap years, then it's 366. We follow him every day. That's what's celebrating the life of Christ is about. So this morning we're going to look in Matthew chapter 20 and Philippians chapter 2 at serving like Jesus. Serving like Jesus. So uh, we're going to start in Matthew 20, if you can turn there or click there, whatever you're using. And if you don't have one, I will read the verses. I prefer you to have one so you can look and see this is what God's word actually says. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 20. We're going to start in verse number 25. Matthew 20, 25. Jesus called them to himself. He called his disciples together. He called them up. He's going to tell them something. 
How many of you kids just love it when mom and dad say, all you kids come here? Now there's something that's going to be shared and you better pay attention. That's what's going on. Jesus is going to tell them something. Now the setting for this is that uh, James and John's mom and they, James and John and their mom, they were talking about, you know, when they get to heaven and the kingdom in heaven and, and they wanted James to sit on one side and John to sit on the other side of Jesus. And Jesus said, that's not going to happen. That's not my place to give that out. I'm not going to promise that to anybody. And now he wants to tell them something really important because if you look in verse 24, the rest of the disciples, the other 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased with those two brothers, James and John. They were displeased. Now, you know, I mean, knowing Peter, he's probably upset that he didn't think of it first, right? I mean, uh, but they're upset and, and they don't want these guys to be lifted above them. So look what Jesus says. Jesus called them to himself and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. I occasionally I have to see a doctor up in Chandler, and the doctor and her medical assistant both have the same first name. And so I asked the medical assistant once, I said, so it, does that ever make for any awkwardness in the office? She said, oh no, she's the doctor, I'm the servant. And, you know, some people are just that way, aren't they? How many of you ever served in the military? You know people that way, right? That, that's what they did. And some of the officers were great human beings, and some of them were just not. And so some people, they get obsessed with their own authority. And Jesus said, that's the way it is with the Gentiles. They get a little authority, and they lord it over everybody. Some parents are that way. They rule over everything in the home. They never teach their kids how to make decisions because they never give them the opportunity. You can't give a two-year-old opportunity to make too many decisions. <laughs> but as they grow, you give them so they can learn. You give them a little more leeway. You give them some options. So uh, he said, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Look at verse 26. Yet it shall not be so among you. Now, listen carefully. Jesus is going to talk about greatness. Now, I was in a church in Texas, and one of the staff pastors there, there were nine of us on staff, it was a fairly large church, and, and one of the guys, he preached this message, and he said, nobody be big, Nobody be little, everybody be medium. Okay, that's not what Jesus is teaching here. What Jesus taught is, hey, if you want to be great, let me tell you how to be great. So if you, there's no, no wrong about wanting to be great for the Lord. There's no wrong for Aiden wanting that ministry to grow and reach more and praise the Lord that one person has trusted Christ just because Aiden's out there serving. Praise the Lord for that. And, and rejoice in that. But, but wouldn't you love to have a hundred? We, we, we would love to see ministries grow and people grow. And there's nothing wrong with desiring greatness. The problem is the people who think they're great. You know, some people act like they're the fourth person of the Trinity. 
They're, they're just, you know, there's God and there's this person and then there's all those other little people. So Jesus is going to set them straight. The goal is not to desire the position of authority. Here's what he says in verse 26. It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Now, don't you know James and John and maybe Peter, they're chafing at this a little bit. I wanted to be in charge. I didn't want to have to serve. Then he goes on in verse 27. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So we need to serve like Jesus. And Jesus said, greatness comes through serving. Jesus came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So if we will follow Jesus, then we will serve and we will be willing to give our lives for the good of others, serving for the greater good. If we will follow Jesus, that's what we will do. Serve and help. So I love it when I see people, they're walking into church and occasionally there's trash left. Uh, people sometimes come by in the daytime. They use the drinking fountain. They walk around the, the parking lot or the courtyard and, and uh, sometimes they leave trash behind. I love it when I see somebody walking into church and they see the trash, they pick it up, they throw it away and hopefully then wash their hands because who knows what was on that trash, but you know, uh, they, they, they just do it. They help, they serve. I, now, if you can't bend over and pick it up and get back up, don't do it. Okay? Call somebody over that can help. But serve in a way that you can. Help make a difference. We in our culture have lost the concept of greater good. And sometimes in Christianity, we have so focused on our personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we forget that Jesus Christ has commissioned me, commanded me to go and serve other people. Not to be served, but to serve just like he did. So your commitment to Christ is going to show up in the way you respond to and care for people. And you have two roles that God has commissioned you to do as you serve Jesus and interact with other people. The first role is ambassadorship. We are called to be an ambassador of Christ. We represent Jesus Christ everywhere we go in everything we do. Okay? So, you know, I mean, it'd be kind of weird if Richard walks into Walmart and he says, Greetings, earthlings. I am here to talk with you as a representative of the Lord God of heaven and earth. Is he a representative of the Lord God of heaven and earth? Yes. Would that freak the people out at Walmart? Yes. In fact, the only people who would run up to talk to him are the ones that would then freak Richard out, right? <laughs> oh. uh, so, so that's not how we do it. But we need to remember we're an ambassador. The way we interact with people, the way we talk, the way we listen. In fact, some believers are really bad listeners. 
Have you ever gone and talked to a salesperson and they have their pitch? Right? Some believers have that. They want to talk to you about the Lord and they have their pitch, you know. And it, I love when a salesperson's in their pitch, I love to interrupt them and ask them a question. <laughs> and then they get they get rattled a little bit and they try and answer the question. Then they got to go back and start over in their pitch. And Kathy said, it just takes them longer to get to the end. I said, but it's so fun to watch them sweat. <laughs> okay, you are not called to be a salesperson. You are called to be an ambassador. And the role of an ambassador is you represent the country you're from, which in this case, we're citizens of heaven already. God has made. So we represent heaven to the people on earth. And so we are representing them. But what an ambassador does is they present things about their country to make it favorable to the people where they're staying. And then they help the people where they're staying in any way that they can. So that's what an ambassador does. He, if we have an ambassador in Guatemala, he's going to go to Guatemala and he's going to represent the United States and even some United States interests there in Guatemala, but then he's also going to help the Guatemalan people. But he's not going to demand that they listen to him. He's not going to, he's not going to raise up an army and take over Guatemala. Although we have had a couple missionary, I mean, ambassadors try and do that, and they got fired by the president because of what they were doing. Uh, but, but listen, your job is to try and bring people toward Christ. And so you talk about him. You represent him. You model him. You try and have your behavior be consistent with what, if Jesus would hear, was here, what might he do in this circumstance? Not what would Jesus do, because you can't imagine Jesus ever driving a car or anything like that. He never did. In his day, they didn't have him. But if Jesus were here, what would Jesus want me to do to represent him right now where I am? So ambassadorship. And this is primarily to those who do not know, yet know Christ. The other relationship that you have with other people is called kinship. We're family in Christ. This is a picture of a family gathering on their way to church. He's a Russian pastor, and this is his family, and they're getting ready to go into church, and he's going to teach God's word. And this picture is actually about 10 years old, so those kids are probably taller than dad now, maybe. Uh, the youngest might not be a teenager, but the oldest would maybe even be an adult. But you know, that family in Russia, I can't even remember his name. But this I know. He is my brother in Christ. And you know, we're going to meet in heaven, and you might go up to him and say, dude, I saw your picture in the middle of the desert in Arizona. And he'd say, what? <laughs> you know, we're, we're family forever. There's a kinship in Christ. And it doesn't mean you love everything everybody does. I mean, Kathy and I have a reasonably good marriage, and we don't love everything the other one does all the time. There's occasionally stresses. Sometimes we look at each other, and it's like, are we part of the same species? You know, I mean, we're both human, right? Because this is a little odd. Uh, but, but everybody who knows Christ is your brother or sister in Christ. So you have a relationship with every believer on the planet. Now, when it comes to ambassadorship, 
Um, we, we had uh, Texas, and, uh, Kathy and I were getting insurance in Texas when, when we had moved to Texas years ago and, and then God blessed us and let us get out. And, uh, but, but we moved there and uh, we, we had to get new insurance because the insurance we had was Arizona based. And so we met with an insurance agent and he did a really cool thing. He talked to us about our insurance and we got our rental insurance, then we didn't own a home, and then we got our, our uh, uh, car insurance. He talked to us about life insurance. And th then when he was all done, the whole deal was all done, he said, now before you go, with your permission, I'd love to talk to you about eternal life insurance. And so he talked to us about the Lord. And it was pretty cool, because I was a believer, he was a believer, Kathy's a believer, and so we had this fun uh, familyness there. I have never seen that guy, but once or twice in the time that we lived in Texas. But he's my brother in Christ, and he went from his ambassador role to his kinship role when he found out we were believers. But he started out trying to influence people for Christ. And I thought that was a really cool thing. I could have said no, in fact, I could have said, look, you're a fanatic. I'm not going to do my insurance with you. I'm canceling everything. But it was worth the risk to him. When I served as a chaplain with EPS and I went with the officers, I couldn't teach them the way I do here. I couldn't open the Bible and show but I could ask them if I could talk to them about how Jesus Christ changed my life. And sometimes you then get the opportunity to do more. So think about what Jesus wants you to do. Greatness comes through serving, and we are to serve Jesus Christ by serving other people. We minister to them in his name. Take your Bible and turn, please, to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look there. As part of our kinship with one another, Paul gives us some rules of things that God wants to see in our lives. That this is how Jesus Christ wants his church to be. And by the way, his church is not this building. His church is this people gathered together. We use this church building, but the church is when the people are gathered together. So uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus and then he talks about how Christ submitted himself and came down and lived among us and died in our place we need to have that mindset so he starts out in verse 1 talking about loving and caring for people and if there's any consolation any comfort of love uh, we we love and we care for one another in Christ if any fellowship of, of the Spirit. So we have spiritual fellowship. We're not just celebrating, um, sorry, we celebrate not just 
the way our community does, but we have a, a spiritual community, an eternal family connection. So we can celebrate birthdays just like everybody celebrates birthdays, but we focus on our spiritual connectedness more. In fact, it's your new birth that's more significant than your first birth. Being born brings you into this world, but being born again takes you into the family of God and you'll live with him forever. So uh, loving and caring. And then he says, caring and kind, affection. Uh, uh, the King James talks about bowels of, of compassion. Well, that's weird. We use the word heart when we talk about the inner part of you. They use this part because this is the core of who you are. And so, uh, you know, if a guy was proposing to a girl, he would say, I love you from the depths of my bowels. <laughs> I don't think that's how Ben proposed to Teresa. <laughs> because she said yes. <laughs> In our culture, we talk about our heart and our affection. And so we are to have this caring and kindness, affection and mercy toward one another that, that we're linked and, and we share and we care. And so it's really cool this morning to see some folks who haven't been able to be with us for a while. Hey, it's great to have you here uh, because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And what a blessing it is that they're able to be with us today. And we have some who can't be with us today. If they're online watching, we wish you could be here. Come back next week. But uh, listen, I'm glad that you're here. Then look at verse 2. He says, like-minded. Uh, he talks about, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. So like-minded is our perspectives are similar. Maybe even our values are similar. Because God's word is influencing our lives. Now, this doesn't mean that every one of us is going to vote exactly the same way in every situation for every candidate or every uh, thing. No, but it means that we have a connection to each other and we're going to value that. See, sometimes what we do is we focus on our differences. And we, we, if you can't get along with other people because they're a little different than you, you're going to have a lonely life. Because God didn't make anybody like you. And the people who know you best probably say, praise the Lord. <laughs> We're all unique. And so God didn't want other people to be exactly like you. In fact, John Paul and I were talking this week. I said, can you imagine if Anna looked and acted just like you, it does no way. Yuck. It's so much better that we're different. But we, we have a like-mindedness. There are some areas we have absolute agreement on. And so we focus on those agreements that we're in Christ, we're family in Christ, we're growing in Christ, and we focus on that with one accord having mutual respect and mutual commitment of shared values, of one mind. There's family characteristics based on our kinship and our mutual submission in Christ. Megan and I have, well, truth is Megan has been traumatized a little bit lately a couple times because 
we have said the same thing at the same time with almost the same inflection. <laughs> and she's like, ah, mom, I'm turning into my dad. <laughs> but you know, I don't know if your family's like ours, but we have family jokes. We have certain things the family thinks are really funny. We quote movie lines all the time, movies that we all have seen, and even some movies that we haven't seen, but we've heard the line enough to know how it works and play it out, but some of the people have seen it. So you got family connection to each other, and we have that in our biological families or our adoptive families. We have that understanding and that connection. Well, God wants us to have that in our spiritual families as well. He wants us to respect and care for one another. So he says, to fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, and uh, caring about one another. So uh, this is our purpose statement as a church, and I want you to read it with me, okay? Hopefully it'll come up. All right, our purpose, we work to show God's love and share his truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. That's what we do. That's what Victory Baptist Church is all about. We want to show his love. That's partly our ambassador role and partly our kinship role, showing his love to people and share his truth. How many of you have benefited from the wisdom or kindness of somebody else who's a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah, all over the place. We, if we went around the room telling stories, some of you could tell dozens of stories and, and uh, we'd be here for a while. But, but we, can, we can share and we can enjoy. And by the way, part of what we do as a church is coming here and learning God's word. And, but part of what we do as a church is ministering to one another. And so if you have some great stories of encouragement, you maybe need to share that with somebody else to help and encourage them. Don't hold it in. Don't think, well, Terry gets to talk at church all the time, but I never get to tell any of my stories. And I must admit, occasionally, Kathy or Megan would like a chance to share their version of me. <laughs> but... <laughs> God just hasn't let that to happen somehow. <laughs> well, listen, we show God's love to people. And we share his truth. We, we share. And I will tell you, one day I was uh, in the office and I, I was a little grumpy on the phone, apparently. Because when I got off the phone call, Megan said, wow, you sounded pretty grumpy there. And I appreciated her saying that. So... I typed up an email to the guy and I sent the email to him and I told him that she had said I sounded grumpy and I've learned to appreciate her wisdom and her heart and so I wanted to apologize. And then he texted, he emailed back. We had a, a lengthy email connection back and forth that was actually longer than our phone conversation was. And, but it was a blessing. And because she spoke up and because I listened, as she shared God's truth into my life, I could now, there's a guy, um, can't remember what state he's in, but it's east of the Mississippi, and, and he appreciates her sharing God's word with me because it blessed both of us. And so you can impact other people. You can share his truth. 
But we need to remember, we need to love one another. And by love one another, it doesn't mean you have to run up and give them hugs. Hey, I, I just got to tell you, you know, if an adult man stands out in the courtyard and when the little girls come in and he runs up to give them hugs, we would have a serious problem with that because of what goes on in our culture. And some people aren't huggers. And when you force a hug on a non-hugger, they're going to hug back kind of like, mm, you know, or they might, you know, fist face plant you, <laughs> keep you back. You'll be reaching out, you can't reach them because your hands back there. But but listen, we show love, loving actions, and you don't show loving actions just by saying I love you, I love you, I love you. You show loving actions by what did Jesus say? Serving sacrificing for others. And we serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. See, a church is not a person. The church is actually a body of the Lord Jesus Christ as we gather together. So this church has had other pastors before me. Uh, if the Lord waits, then at some point, the Lord will either take me home or require me to retire because I can't keep up with things, and, and then there'll be another pastor. Next year, I will have served as pastor here longer than all the previous pastors combined, which is kind of fun. Uh, but you know what? This church isn't Harry Green's church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have had deacons who served faithfully here, who were men of God, who were a rich blessing, and now they're with the Lord. Our, our memories of them are still a rich blessing, but they're with the Lord. And so life changes. And, and you know, our church is built on all of us, not just a few of us. And sometimes the most important person in the church is the one who greets a visitor and if they want to know where the bathroom is, they can direct them right there. And sometimes it's a Sunday school teacher, and that, that lesson will really impact that kid's life. I still remember some Sunday school lessons I learned when I was 12 years old. I wasn't a believer yet, but I remember some of the lessons Clancy Brown taught me in my Sunday school class. At that time, our family was living in Albuquerque. Uh, Dad was in the Air Force. We moved a lot. But I, I didn't want to go into his class because he looked like a stern old guy. But then when I had to promote out of his class, I cried because he was great. And the Lord used him to help bring me to Christ. So we serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. And together we make a difference. And if we're not serving together, in fact, if you can't think of a way that you have helped serve Christ, you're missing some of the richest blessings God has for you. Look at verse 3. Let nothing be done to your selfish ambition or conceit. We need personal humility. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. We need mutual respect. It's easy to serve someone you respect. And Christ says, and the Apostle Paul says, show respect 
to other people. You can respect them because they have a bit of the image of God in them. Humans were created in the image of God. We're not high order primates. We are human beings created uniquely. Every other, well, every animal, every living thing, God created with his spoken word. But when it came to humanity, he crafted us. And then he breathed into us the breath of life, and we became a living soul. We're not like monkeys. Well, some of us look like them, some of us <laughs> act like them, and on occasion, all of us smell like them. But we're not. We are people created in the image of God, and so we should respect the imprint of God in the lives of other people. They are our fellow human beings sharing this little planet in space. And we need to honor them and, and care for them. And by God's design, they're impacting your life. And by God's design, you can impact their life. Then he says in verse 4, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. There's a shared responsibility. Uh, Jesus said, and Matthew recorded in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So here he's saying the same concept. Look out for the interests of others. Care for other people. Let the love of God flow through you so you're showing his love. And then share his truth. We don't beat people up with the Bible. You don't take your Bible and smack them in the head and say, you need to change the way you think. Well, at least you shouldn't do that, okay? If you've done that in the past, repent and change and don't do it again. But, but some people act like they're you know, trying to shoot people full of holes with their gospel gun. If somebody wants to argue scripture with you, I don't think it's worth your time to argue back. Tell them if they ever want to have a discussion, you'd be happy to discuss it with them. But if they're yelling at you, just let it go. I remember telling a gunnery sergeant when I was in the Marine Corps, he was yelling at me about Christians and so hateful toward Christians and everything. And I told him, I'm not going to listen to this. You don't have a right to have that conversation like that with me. But I will tell you, whether you like it or not, I'm going to pray for you. And you can't stop me from doing that. Ironically, when he had to leave his job suddenly because he had a stroke, he requested me put me in his job. And I had the opportunity to serve in a position as an E5, that was an E7 billet. It was a big thing. I even got a commendation from the Commandant of the Marine Corps because of it. Uh, but, you know... He, he respected that I would not take the abuse, but I also wouldn't retaliate. We serve. We care. And it, it, Marines are a different breed. Um, in the Marine Corps, you could punch somebody, and it was perfectly acceptable. Uh, even when I was in the Marine Corps, you could. It, if you did that in the Air Force, you'd get arrested for assault. But in the Marine Corps, that was just called routine discipline. Uh, but no matter what your position, if you work in any job, you have the opportunity to represent Jesus Christ well. And if you're in a job that you don't feel like you can represent Christ in this job, 
Maybe you're not in the right job. Maybe you need to change a job because you're called to represent Christ. Now, your example is Jesus. As Paul said at the beginning of verse 5, let this mind, the mind of Christ, let that be in you. So kids, you can't look to your parents and hold them up as an example of, of uh, human behavior. Look at Jesus Christ. and Don't look at your deacons or your pastor. Look higher. Look at Jesus. Follow his life. Learn from him. And, and uh, Romans 8 says the spirit of Christ is in you. That you have the capacity to model your life after his life. You can't die in their place, but you can give your life for them. You can give up your time, your energy, your money, your attention, and focus it on other people, and listen to them, and learn, and grow. So uh, verse 14 here says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So he said, don't lower your expectations. Raise your behavior. Follow Christ and incorporate that into your life. And just like the lights in here really make this building a lot more comfortable, a lot more attractive. Uh, we have some decorative lights up for the holiday time as we celebrate the birth of Christ. And, but without light in here, it would be hard for you to follow what was going on. Uh, without bright lights on the projectors, you wouldn't be able to see there's enough light in this building that uh, when we first got a projector, we didn't get one quite bright enough to make it light up enough. And we had to upgrade our projector to make it bright enough so you could clearly see it. And you are the light of the world. That's how Jesus phrased it. And how Paul then phrased it to the Philippians, he said, to hold forth your light in the midst of this world. Shine as lights. So we need to be serving. It, it, we love Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? By grace you are saved through faith, not, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And we love that. We are saved by receiving the gift. That's what Christmas is about, receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. But then verse 10 follows and says, God has planned in advance certain works for you to do. So we need to do that. We need to serve him. We need to represent him. We are called to serve. Now there's two ways we serve. The ambassador role and then the kinship role. And so we'll put it in this structure. We serve within the church. And then we serve within the community. And so probably there's not a person in here who helps in any capacity in our church who's serving up to the level of all they could do. But you know, it's not about you. It's about us and we as we serve together. So you do some and I do some and he does some and she does some and we're all contributing together. Because there are certain things that, that uh, well, if you're not serving within the church or within the community, 
then you're not doing what Jesus wants. So when we're celebrating Jesus' birth, you need to put yourself in a position where you can focus on what Jesus wants to see in us. Now there's different ways to serve in your community. You can talk to people God brings into your path. You can talk to them about the Lord. Uh, you can go out. Some folks like to go and visit folks. You could even go and knock on doors in your neighborhood. If they recognize you from the neighborhood, they'll be more likely to listen to you and just say, hey, I, you know, I'd really love to have you uh, go to church with me. I'd love to talk about Jesus Christ with you. Uh, if you're in the grocery store and you see somebody struggling with something, you can run up and help them. You can step in and serve. And, and I remember helping, <laughs> helping somebody and they, they were just like, oh, thank you so much. And I said, well, the Lord wants us to help and serve other people. And she said, the Lord? Are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I am. Jesus Christ has changed my life. She said, well, thanks anyway, and stumbled off. <laughs> You're not going to please everybody. But here's the deal. Are you going to please him? Someday that will be the only thing that matters. We're going to stand in his presence. Are we going to be embarrassed? Or are we going to be encouraged? Because we either were serving like Jesus, or we weren't. So, are you serving like Jesus? We celebrate and follow him every day. Not just Christmas Day. Every day. Now, uh, if there's some way that some person has helped you and you'd like to share that, you can send that to me. Email the church office or you have my cell. You can text me. Let me know that. That would be fun. If you have a need that somebody could help with, you can let me know that. We could see if maybe there's somebody in the church who could help. If you say, well, my need is $10,000, we'll talk to John about that. I, I can't help you with that. So, But, but seriously, there, if there's a need, and, and there may be somebody who could help. And recognize that not only do we have the responsibility to help other people, we get the opportunity to help other people. My life has been richly blessed by helping others. Recently, Larry and Patty and I were visiting with Harry and uh, Luella Watsonizer. Pray for Harry. He's really struggling with an infection. He's in a lot of pain. And we were over at their house, and, and Luella said there was a box stuck on their roof. And I thought, there's a box on your roof? How could there be a box stuck on your roof, you know? Well, a box had blown up over, and it had come down on the roof, and you know on your roof you have these things that stick out, right? It had landed on that, and it punched a hole in the bottom of the box, and it wouldn't get off. And so every time the wind blew, that box was up there going, and so she had a little ladder, and Larry held the ladder, and I climbed up there and only had to go up about three steps up the ladder, and I could just reach that box, and I could lift it off and sit it down on the ground. You know, Larry and I didn't do much of anything that day. But it was a blessing to Luella 
And every time the wind blows, she doesn't hear that scraping sound on her roof that sounds like two owls are getting into it up there <laughs> in a big fight. Uh, it was just a box. And sometimes for you, you're helping somebody, and it's, oh, well, it was just a box, right? But for them, it was, it's a blessing in my life. So you can be blessed by helping people if you serve like Jesus. Now, maybe you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Serving him is not going to help you at all. Trying to help other people won't make a bit of difference. You don't get into heaven because you're a nice person. You get into heaven only if you receive the gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. You confess your sins and receive him as your Savior. If you've never done that, we'd love to show you from Scripture how you can see God's Word says this is how you do it. And it's the most important decision you'll ever pursue in your entire life. So if you have not trusted Christ, please talk to me, talk to one of our deacons, talk to someone about trusting Jesus Christ. Don't just leave. But if you know Christ, think about how you can serve. So I expect you to be lining up out there to help people to their cars. You know, <laughs> do what you can to help people. It's pretty cool that Aiden just started helping out with Team Challenge and then he got involved in leadership, but not Team Challenge. What is it? Christian Challenge. Christian Challenge. Christian Challenge. And then he got help serving in it. And, and now he's serving on another campus, helping expand the ministry there. And there's a new believer in the family of God. And the whole thing that started that process, he just started volunteering the whole way. So. We can make a difference because we serve like Christ and we serve with Christ. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.